Hi friends, welcome to the Artist Blend. Today we are talking about coffee. We actually have somebody coming to join us to talk about their coffee company and uh, some really cool things that it's doing in our world. Yeah, so grab your mug and let's get talking. So welcome, everybody. Uh, we actually have Kevin Johnson on the show today, and he's from Endeavor Coffee Roasters. If you re recall and listen back to our episode with McLean, we actually had uh, the Artist Blend on that show and shared in the coffee cup uh, together with that. And Kevin reached out to us via my mom contacting him and then him ca contacting us. Big old grapevine. But anyways, uh, we actually have previously chatted with him before this episode. And we agreed that we wanted to have him on because he just has a fantastic story regarding coffee and um, the organization that he works for through uh, or made his coffee company for necessarily to profit, help uh, fund that. So we, we thought it was a great opportunity to have him on. We'll kind of go into who he is, what he does, and just a basic interview. So stick around if you're interested in that because we are. <laughs> So, Kevin, welcome. Thank you so much for being here again today. Uh, we appreciate your time. And for our listeners, it's funny because he's telling us that he's roasting. And I don't know about you, Easton, but I'm a little jealous that I can't, that smell-o-vision or like <laughs> like it doesn't come through the microphones or headphones or anything like that right? because I'm sure it smells amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. I want one of those candles. I know, right? <laughs> just just start a, a candle line as well for Endeavor. <laughs> Um, so Kevin, based off your bio, based off many things that I've been reading about, um, with regards to who you are and what you're doing, uh, you started Endeavor Coffee Roasters in 2020, um, as a owner and operator, but then you also are a co-founder of the nonprofit Helping Hands Grateful Hearts. Um, but to talk about Endeavor, what made you necessarily want to start a coffee company to help fund a, an organization like Helping Hands Grateful Hearts. Great. Well, Austin and Easton, thanks so much for the opportunity, and hi, everyone. Um, yeah, well, I never would have thought in a million years that I'd be do a coffee roaster. Not, not, I've always loved coffee. Um, but my, my wife, through a larger project back in 2015, had gotten involved um, through a youth ambassador program she was, was championing. A person in Guatemala who was the youth ambassador there who worked for a nonprofit on the ground. Um, the bigger effort she was doing ran afoul. Uh, it was in the Middle East and and tensions were and, and security was a, was a big issue. So uh, she decided to work with uh, Tony, our, our contact in Guatemala, to do a project there. So we pulled up our roots, we pulled our volunteers together, and we went to Guatemala to do a project. We weren't helping hands Grateful Hearts at the time, and uh, but the experience of working with um, the the poor in Guatemala in particular was so powerful that mid, not even midway through the project, we decided we have to do this every year. And so for a few years, we did it under the banner of, uh, of, an, of, of another nonprofit. Setting up a nonprofit's not cheap. But along the way, <laughs> um, you know, we got clunky didn't, to be working through other groups. And um, 
we happen to have a super bright friend who said to me, hey, I can't help you with fundraising, but what I can do for you is I can set up a 501c3 nonprofit organization that you guys can run and I'll do your books for you so that you hit all the legal tick marks. And that's, you know, wow. that's a generous thing because it would have probably cost us 10 grand to set yeah. up and, wow. and ongoing costs. Yeah. So, um, so he did that and that's how we found it, Helping Hands Grateful Hearts back in 2019. All the while, we've been doing a project a year, principally in Guatemala. But um, uh, the board of Helping Hands Grateful Hearts is um, my wife. She's the president. And then my son and daughter, Cameron and, and Caitlin, are co-vice presidents. And I'm the secretary. So <laughs> we are we are the board. Every nonprofit has to have a board. You're still at the table. That's what matters. I'm still at the table. Yeah. <laughs> and I get to, sleep with the, I get to sleep with the president. Oh, there you go. <laughs> But working in Guatemala, the first year was an inner city, really, really rough environment, but the people were amazing. And then subsequent years, we were working in rural communities, and farming is an enormously important source of revenue for the country. The people we're working with are basically subsisting on anywhere from 2 to $5 a day. Mm-hmm. And um, coffee, as it turns out, is an enormously important, I think it's the third most important crop we're exporting from Guatemala. And it um, uh, it dawned on me that, wow, you know, we're always struggling to raise money for the, the cause. And um, wouldn't it be cool to do a coffee, sell coffee as a, as a venue for raising funds for Helping Hands Grateful Hearts? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I went on Craigslist. I, I saw a piece of used equipment and I went to see the guy and it was a, a wholesale coffee roaster in town, and and I wanted to buy this thing, but he was blowing the dust off the thing, and he's like, "What are you trying <laughs> to do anyway?" Yeah, right. <laughs> I told him our story, and he said, "Listen, I've been wanting to partner with somebody, so if you can sell coffee, I'm have no problem giving you ten pounds a week. You just keep whatever you can make mm. from it and put it towards a nonprofit." That's awesome. So I did that for about a year and a half, and um, he, uh, you know, and I'd pop over, and then as a function of being there and being a guy that likes to make things i started looking over his shoulder and then he pulled me in and said hey let me show you how to this is what the so i learned how to roast coffee from him i learned a lot of the nuance of of you know what different coffees and different roasting levels mean for you know for for the drinking experience and um then eventually i i did go come back to him and said you know i'm not trying to compete with you because you know you're much bigger than me but i would <laughs> like to get some that used piece of equipment that you, we can blow the dust off of it and i we were picking up roots and 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 moving from rhode island to tennessee so i wasn't going to be in the backyard anyway so mm-hmm. he sold me the equipment i started small here and started endeavor coffee roasters 2020 so for that first half a year it was very small um, but then, uh, in 2021, I, I realized, okay, if I'm going to be, if this is going to be anything more than a hobby, I've got to step it up. And so I invested in a, in a new roaster. I built out the building that we're in here. It was an old chicken shed and, and I don't want to frighten anybody because I really stripped it down about 95% and, mm-hmm. um, rebuilt the whole thing. And so, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, really well done licensed facility. So we're, yep. uh. Uh, yeah, so uh, that got me on that path, and and so we actually started. I haven't turned a profit yet. This is the first year we're we're in the black, but even That's though awesome. we hadn't turned a profit, I as part of my losses, we still make donations to Helping Hands Grateful Hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the commitment that I have personally 
is to fund at least one house a year, which the housing we build and people need to understand that this is considered emergency housing costs mm -hmm. 3000 a year that comes with a water you know, filtration system that can support four or five families. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, really looks like a glorified shed to most Americans, but it's yep. a huge step up for the people who are basically living on the ground, maybe with a couple of blue tarps around or them or over their heads, you, you know, as far as housing mm -hmm. goes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's, and, and, you know, they are, they're super thrilled to, to get that. Um, so yeah, uh, so this year we're running in the black. I'm trying to make regular monthly contributions so that at the end of the year, I'm not in a panic or that I didn't hit my <laughs> yeah. mark, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on pace this year to actually hit that one house. And then ultimately, you know, once I exceed the 3,000 in, in actual profit, so we'll get more, right? And um, uh, the only thing I, you know, it's viable business, the coffee piece is a business, not not profit, but it's the date I don't pay myself. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, whatever whatever I make is going to paying the bills for the business and for donating to, to the house. Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, that's a terrific cause. And uh, for those listening, Easton and I were privy to some uh, most of the story. And that's why we wanted to have Kevin on because not only do we enjoy coffee as individuals, but it's, it's leading to a great purpose yeah. behind it. To quote you, Kevin, you say that uh, coffee is more than a drink, it's a lifestyle. Um, and I, I really like that. But what what do you mean by that statement necessarily? Uh, is it from your experience or is it when you were a big coffee person? Like, uh, can you dig into that just a little bit? Sure. Um, well, it means different to me today than it did, you know, several years ago when I was doing the corporate grind. And, um, but, you know, I, I used to think about, I had a, I had a corporate job and, I used to say to my, my, my wife, I drove a long ways to get to work and I said, you know, it just makes a difference, the ability to get things done. You go to the break room and everybody's getting a cup of coffee mm. and it could be doing business. It could be celebrating a birthday. It could be just catching up on how their kids are doing or, you know, you know, they, they'd be like, you know, it's a, it's a meeting place. But yeah. the common theme was people are coming in to get a cup of coffee. And so even in that limited experience, it's it's a venue that brings people together to do more things than just say the business yeah. at hand. Yeah. Uh, you know, and nowadays, nowadays, um, because I'm in the coffee business, I took it upon myself to really get more proficient at other ways of, of making coffee other than just, you know, plopping a plastic pod in yeah. a, you know, a curing machine and hitting the yeah. button. Um, <laughs> for me, it's a process. I, you know, I, I every cup I make, uh, for myself or for others, it, I'm, I, you know, I feel my, I put a piece of myself into that. And, and I know that may sound woo woo to, to folks, but, um, yep. the, you know, we, we recently had some unexpected guests here, about 12 of them. <laughs> and, um, we were, uh, you, you know, they were naturally most of them coffee drinkers. So I was serving up coffee and they were mm -hmm. used to just getting a quick cup either out of a drip machine or out of a curry. And I was showing them all the different methods, you know, some AeroPress, some French press, some some um, B60 pour overs and, you know, the different coffee beans. And they're just, you know, fascinated and really mm -hmm. appreciated that, the you know, the quality is better and yeah. the process overall was more enjoyable for them. Yep. And yeah. So that's that's the lifestyle thing. Yeah. Right? To totally agree. Um, Easton and I, when we were making this creation that is the Artist Blend podcast, 
we uh, we have both agreed that having coffee together or just coffee in general is very much that community feel of it's just something nice that everybody can share and enjoy in as well as conversation. And for those of you who are curious, I, I went back to your description of uh, the artist blend on your Endeavor Coffee Roasters website. And what mm -hmm. I love is it's a special blend of beans from Colombia, Nicaragua, and Sumatra produces a full-body brew uh, with flavors of cocoa, nuttiness, and brown sugar. It's a cup you want when catching up with a good friend. And that's also what we consider this podcast to be. It's it's talking about artistry. It's talking about good um, good conversation. And most of the time, our guests are good friends or people that were, are now good friends. But this it's just a full circle thing to meet an individual who not only has a coffee company with a blend called the artist blend, but also our <laughs> podcast meeting. So very small world, if you will, <laughs> on how that worked. Um, so amazing. Can with, with all of this, um, mm, hold on. I lost my thought. It'll come back. <laughs> oh, there's, um, what, what Kevin can you necessarily teach Easton or I, in all your experience with coffee, you were talking about different uh, different processes on how to pour and make and everything like that. M me, for example, I use a Chemex when I'm doing my pour overs. Uh, Ooh, Easton, yeah. which what what do you have? I know you have a I have this something. um this little <laughs> ceramic pour over. Oh, okay, perfect. Okay. Kind of like a V60. Yeah, pretty yeah, similar. I think, I think that's what it is. Yep. Um, so what can you teach us or our listeners about maybe how to look at local coffee beans, where they come from, what you think a good entry brew level, like if somebody's go like wanting to get brand new into pour over coffee, for example, what's easiest to try, uh, stuff, stuff like that. Any, any and all knowledge that you can give. Okay. Well, <laughs> sure. Um, well, the first thing is it's not complicated because, yes. um, coffee's Right. And so don't let anybody fool you into thinking you should like something that, that you don't like. Mm. And um, so the first place I would begin with is is set aside the pods um, and and get a whole bean coffee and a grinder. Mm -hmm. Because I don't care if you drink an eight o'clock coffee beans, you grind it before you brew it. You're going to get the best out of the bean that you've got. Okay? Yeah. And so so. Um, buy it fresh, um, grind it before you brew it, and then try. Probably the safest entry point is the the like a like a pour over, like V60 Chemex is kind of intimidating, but it's the same functionally. This is the same thing. It's just the uh, um, yeah, but just a bigger setup. Um, and and I, uh, I a comedian had does this skit on on coffee. And, um, you know, he jokes about the, the pour over being like, hey, it's kind of like brewed coffee, except you can pour over. But what I'll, what, I'll, what I'll offer up is that what the machine uh, can't do for you is to, you know, involve you in that process. Okay, so it takes a little time. So fresh beans, um, get them whole, grind them for you before you uh, brew and uh, and try different uh, levels of strength because what appeals to you doesn't appeal to Easton or to me or to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, find what level of strength you like. Okay, and I would say you you know you you. 
I, I get sophisticated enough that I've got a, a, a scale and a timer on it for doing my pour over and, yep. and I've got a kettle that has a thermometer on it. And okay. So that's, you know, I, I kind of, people kind of figure I should be doing that sort of thing, but you don't have to. <laughs> right? so, um, yeah. Don't use boiling hot water like you would for tea. Uh, if you just, if you can't keep the thermometer or you don't have that, just what I used to do when I'm traveling, let's say I'm camping and I boil a pot of water, I let it sit for two minutes to cool hair and that roughly gives you the 195 to 205 degrees fahrenheit that's recommended for brewing a cup of coffee yeah so um you can get a real cheap propeller grinder at uh, walmart for 15 bucks so it's really not a huge investment to, to, mm -hmm. to grind whole beans and uh, and amazon carries a lot of you know the v60 methods i would say stay away from plastics they have a plastic version i've got the ceramic ones and they're a little bit more pricey and you got to be careful with them so as to not break them. But, but really you don't want to take a beautiful cup of coffee, especially if you're buying organic, that's nice and clean. And then you're not only extracting from the coffee, but you're pulling out maybe some plasticizer from the funnel that you're pouring through. So makes sense. Uh, yep. You know, so a few, a few recommendations, go try a, you know, local farmer's market to see who's selling there. Go to Endeavor's website if you want. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, try out, uh, different different uh styles right the darker roasts the medium roasts, um the lighter roasts. and i would just say don't let light fool you into thinking light taste it's just mm -hmm. kind of like toast and best explained to me that if you took a piece of toast and you toasted it lightly medium or darkly it's going to get three different flavor profiles but huh. your toast could be sourdough could be rye bread it could be pumpernickel it could be What's core to the underlying flavor is what it is, right? Hmm. To start with, what bean, what country. Then you change its profile based on roasting. And some beans like to be roasted hard, like a Sumatran. Some 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 beans like to be roasted light, like a Ugandan or an Ethiopian. Mm -hmm. um, but they all offer a pretty intense flavor. Dark just tastes a little bit more, leaves a lingering flavor because of the charring uh, associated with with really cooking that the bean harder. Hmm. That's mm -hmm. a great analogy. I'd never heard that one. I'd never heard that, yeah. but I, I really like it because it makes sense in my mind anyways. <laughs> yeah. When we when we started um, looking into doing the show mm -hmm. and, and what the sort of tag would be with coffee and why we did the coffee thing, we, we both started to kind of delve into the coffee world a bit more and like ask some friends. And um, I got like a, a conical burr thing, fancy thing for Christmas and mm -hmm. electric kettle mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And I was so excited and just like delving in. And then two things that, stuck with me were one uh i was watching this like history of coffee thing and america's obsession with coffee yep. and and sort of like where it started and how it started and and how how much it was um connected to the war and how they would just send off these cheap canned things to to the army and they would come back and because it was just so cheaply done the 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 worst coffee quote worst coffees that were just charred black were the ones that reminded them and and gave them a, a sense of comfort mm. And so from there, America's taste sort of like shifted into like, let's burn everything and <laughs> <Insters>. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's make the coffee bean look unrecognizable uh, or distinct from a pebble on the ground. Like it mm -hmm. needs to be black mm -hmm. and discovering like, oh, that's not how it has to be. Nope. <laughs> um, which is just hilarious and, and fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the other thing being, um, like you said, it, it doesn't have to be complicated nope. and it only needs to go so far as your own enjoyment. If like, if you're happy with your, um, like, like you don't need a, 
fancy kettle or a fancy scale and timer and all the things. If that brings you joy and it helps you get exactly what you want to get out of it, awesome. But it's also not necessary. Yep. It's just go as far as your um, your taste buds want you to go. Yeah, right. And it doesn't have to be complicated, which I love that. That's awesome. Vocal health is incredibly important. Sometimes you get tired, you get allergies, you get overworked, and your voice suffers, which can really put a damper on your work as a singer, actor, or even public speaker. Vocal Mist can help with that. It's a portable nebulizer that uses an isotonic saline to make a cool mist that you inhale. It's been research proven to help the voice stay hydrated and working well. The Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer is a fast and easy way to keep your vocal cords healthy, give you better vocal stamina, and can mitigate damage from overuse. I have one of my own that I absolutely love, and if you use your voice in your artistic endeavors, I can't recommend this enough. Use the affiliate link in the show notes and get your Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer today. I didn't know about the the history that you were talking about Easton, but that makes sense. Yeah, I, I may have butchered it. That's a, I no, know no, the no, story, no, I, I, but from what I remember, it was something along those lines. The way, the way you and I retain information, I'm going to say you were pretty accurate on what you're saying. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. That's, um, great. That's great. The thing, the thing that I have found in my journey with coffee uh, since I've gone to making it myself, one, it's a routine in the morning that if I don't get to do, I'm kind of like... Okay, I mean, my day's still not, it's not going to be bad, but I just didn't start on the good foot. Um, <laughs> and the other thing for me is I'll go to other coffee places, for example, Starbucks or things like that. And it you it changes you just slightly because you'll taste it and you'll be like, mm, just just missed it. I don't know what it is, but it just missed the yeah. Um And sometimes, uh, I, for me, I don't know a stranger in the sense of a cup of coffee. I'll drink anything. Um, but it certainly has changed my palate to where I'm like, if I take a sip of something, I'm like, that's Folgers. I can tell it's Folgers. <laughs> I, I'm not enjoying it, but I'll drink it. <laughs> yeah. If you're interested in looking up Helping Hands Grateful Hearts, their website is helpinghandsgratefulhearts.org. Um, and Kevin, if you want to talk about some personal experiences that you've had on the trips that you've done, um, mm-hmm. I think our listeners would be really, really interested to learn about that and to uh, how they can get involved, um, if, if at all possible. And a lot of our listeners are just kind-hearted enough that um, they, they would be interested to learn the process. So if you want to mm-hmm. uh, talk us through that, um, sure. I know I'm interested in, in knowing more. Yeah, we, we, we love bringing volunteers. But um, so as I mentioned earlier, Guatemala was our starting point for the first mm-hmm. project. And projects, really. I think we're going back this year will be our 10th year going to Guatemala. And it's every December. We try to structure it in a way that students um, are done mostly with school mm-hmm. and um, others who may be working can can get away. Uh, we, we particularly get a number of teachers that come, so the, 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 the school year aligns pretty well with that. But gets you back before Christmas time if you, if you yeah. celebrate Christmas. Nice. Uh, we, we do, let me just say a few things um, on, on the way that the uh, a, a build works. Um, the build is the core, and a build is really designed to bring together volunteers with the community. And so the organization that we work with in particular, Techo, which which stands for Roof in, in Spanish, mm-hmm. is established in all the Central American countries and in a lot of South America and the Caribbean um, nations. And 
we partner with them principally because we do fundraising, but we don't have the logistics and the on the ground. You wouldn't source materials outside that country and bring it in. We're just crazy expensive and yeah. it wouldn't make sense. Plus, mm-hmm. the money that we're raising is not only supporting the families by uh, building a home, <clears throat> or it could be a community center, it could be uh, enhancing a school by building a kitchen or something like that. But it, 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 directly infuses um, money into the local economy by the people who source the materials. And uh, there's always a few paid individuals that work for the, for the charity as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we, the builds don't take very long. They're like a three-day experience. Um, we nice. physically live in the community. With uh, We stay typically because it's Christmas time and the schools are out. We usually are sleeping. We, we have you know two or three mosh pits that, that all the volunteers roll or roll their bedrolls and sleeping bags out on and, and, um, you know, crash on the floor. Um, but we work directly with the communities. We partner with the families and they partner with us and Techo. So Techo has an ongoing relationship with the community. We don't just pick one and go in yeah. and they're always working with the community. They do an assessment. The community does a self-assessment. Techo does a, a follow-up assessment. They find out, you know, who really is in need. Um, uh, of the of the funds, and the community has to come up with ten percent and help us with the build. So mm-hmm. it's a hand up, not a handout. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's youth driven. So the volunteer group in Guatemala is typically from the small, middle to upper class that exists. So it's designed to take um, those who aren't directly living in the poverty experience, and about sixty percent of the country is poor. Um, so the others, young kids come in, they're interacting with the poor. So they see firsthand how difficult the challenges, um, but they're developing leadership skills. They'll pick like we've had 16 year olds lead a house build because wow. it's specifically designed to help them develop leadership skills. And so the eye, it's an eye toward the future. It's an investment in understanding that biggest challenge with most of these countries is they lack rule of law there's corruption from all levels of society but particularly you know within the ruling classes and the yeah. people with money so the idea is those those things don't change overnight but if we can bring the leaders of tomorrow closer to the poverty situation and help them hone their leadership skills maybe we can you know create some longer term change mm-hmm. so we love that model we love partnering with them um we do the fundraising here as i mentioned but we try to bring, um, yeah, volunteers down with us. That was the first back in 2015 when when Tony invited us down. They'd almost they'd only had volunteers mm-hmm. from within Guatemala. They weren't really sure how this was going to work. And boy, was it amazing! Because you know what? So much of what other nations know about us is based on these silly reality yep. TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, they they kind of assume most of America is like Real Housewives of <laughs> whatever. You yeah. Know, and, and, uh, or you know the Kardashians, or some some something that they enjoy watching, but gives you a totally biased and skewed oh, yeah. perception oh, yeah. of who we are as Americans. Yeah, and also for our team, it's been remarkable how I think people realize, but for other circumstances, this mm-hmm. is where they are, right? You know, by being able to by having the great fortune of being born in America. Mm-hmm. This level of poverty is not something that's typically a reality yeah. for them, and so it's it's a it's our folks generally walk away feeling like they've stolen something from the people, spiritually, emotionally, and 
the folks there feel like, you know, this is so important because, you know, they have that, but they need, mm-hmm. they need a house, you know, they mm-hmm. need clean water, they need yeah. some food. And, and so it's a, it's an amazing interaction. Whether you speak the Spanish or not, it doesn't matter. You, everybody smiles, laughs, cries, you know, and, and manages to communicate quite effectively, you know, during those builds. So I would put out, you know, since you, since you raised it and I, and I, I know I asked you to make a plug. We're always looking to bring volunteers down. After, since COVID, we typically had beforehand like 20 to 25 volunteers uh, coming mm-hmm. down each build. And that's a nice, comfortable size for Techo to manage and for us to support a build. Mm-hmm. But lately, it's been more 10, 10 to 15. So um, if you're interested, go to our website. There's, um, a, you know, helpinghandsgratefulhearts.org. And there's a uh, sign-up sheet. You can click a link and, and go in and, and, and uh, you know, and I, I'd give my daughter's email out, except I don't know which one she uses for that. But anyway. I have too many as well, so it's fine. As, as well, she, my daughter tends to be the, the coordinator for, for, for new volunteers. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you'll love the experience. So that's the build. Mm-hmm. But we also put into the equation time beforehand and afterwards to do a broader experience of the country. Because mm-hmm. if all you ever go to Guatemala to see or Honduras or Costa Rica is the poverty, you don't get a sense for the country. So we always build in like a mini vacation, really. You know, we partner with uh, some friends we've developed over the years down there. They take us around to different places. Um, we get to see what Guatemala is about, what the culture is like, and get a broader experience. So have a little bit of fun. Build is fun. You'd be rem- you'd be amazed at how happy the people are who live in you know conditions that would make you want to cry every night. Yeah. Um, you know, but but uh, yeah, the total package is giving you a, a broader perspective of what the country has to offer, what their main challenges are, what the culture is like, and and have some exchange with with really great people down there. That's incredible. Um, I remember there's a, a article on your website. I don't, can't remember if it. I think it's on Helping Hands, Grateful Hearts. Um, from a volunteer who voiced within the first paragraph that she was a bit afraid of a language barrier, of not knowing, and that was completely eradicated after it began and after the entire experience. So, um, again, if anybody listening of any of our listeners is interested, be sure to check out the website and fill out the form. Um, Kevin, it's been amazing having you on today. Thank you so much again for your time. Uh, I do have a quick fun question or a couple of fun questions for you. Okay. Do you prefer light, medium, or dark? Um, I prefer um, medium and light. Um, as much as okay. uh, my dark roast sells the most, I I, blink, I drink the coffee black, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I find the darker roast is just a little too dark for my taste buds. But that's me. And um, yeah, cool. and well, you, you guys uh, have any preferences? I, I'm more of a medium light. I do enjoy dark, um, but you mentioned earlier in the episode that it leaves a lingering taste. And for me, I, I taste that, but it's just not that super enjoyable. Um, mm. af- after too long, I'm like, it's been three hours and I still taste this coffee. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's me. I think Easton is a medium light as well. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I'm not, not going to speak for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, I'll be sending you guys some Ugandan if you like the the light. Oh wow, it's um, super fruity, full bodied, um, but a lighter roast because that's what brings those out. Um, okay. I think you'll really enjoy that too. Awesome, nice, thank you, thank I you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, the uh, second question, and this is for our listeners who might be interested in checking out your coffee. 
of your blends that Endeavor Coffee Roasters offers, what is your favorite? Well, my heart's in the Endeavor because it, it's I, I named the company mm -hmm. uh, Endeavor Coffee Roasters um, really because we, everything else was taken and we endeavor to do a lot of things yeah. to the coffee company, right? And um, when I when I started, I, my focus was on coffees from Guatemala because that's the first place we started doing work in and, and I mm -hmm. decided to call that the Endeavor. Yeah. So um, I know all of the regions of Guatemala very well. <laughs> I know which yeah. ones I like. There's micro climates and whatnot. But yeah, mm -hmm. so that's, that's, that's my, my favorite go-to. I'll say the two most popular that I, I sell the most of is the uh, very intense coffee, the VIC, which mm -hmm. is a Sumatran dark roast. And the rice and shine, which is a Colombian medium roast. There, I only sell like coffee beans, which, which in like if you think of like wine spectator ratings, you know, so anything eighty and above in the coffee world is good. <laughs> um, select are are eighty two or eighty three and above, and so I I've got you know mid mid eighties, mid to upper eighties, and um, they make a difference. It yep. really makes a, a taste difference. Yeah. So whatever your style is. Um, yeah, we we've, we've got the spectrum from light to medium to dark, so it's nice. Cool. Um, well, again, Easton, did you have anything to touch or add on that you might have had a question of? Um, no. Uh, but I do want to say that uh, all of the links that we talked about today, the websites to mm -hmm. both Endeavor and to um, Helping Hands Grateful Hearts, will be in our show notes. Um, mm -hmm. as always, so you don't have to even type. All you have to do is put your finger on your screen. It's Boom. So easy nowadays. Um, <laughs> but you will be seeing a lot more of Endeavor. Um. Mm -hmm on the show over the next little bit um we'll have some other kinds of their coffee that we'll be trying in our episode so keep an eye and ear out for those um and yes. again kevin thank you so much for coming today and talking uh talking with us for a little bit it's been a blast cool austin and ethan thanks so much for the invite um folks that that are listening in you have no idea how convoluted the path was for us to come together but it <laughs> seemed like it was meant to be so yeah I, yeah I, I really, really, really have enjoyed our time talking, and, and I'm sure we'll be continuing that. So thanks again. Yeah, of course. Well, again, Kevin, thank you from both Easton and I so much. Everybody listening, thank you for listening. Uh, be As Easton said, look out for Endeavor more in the episodes. And Kevin, if you want to send us on our way for our listeners. All right, absolutely. So be good beans and drink good beans. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. The Artist's Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions, a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's infamous adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.